0: Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. God, we thank you today. We honor you today, because you are good, and your mercy lasts throughout all generations. And we honor you today, and we thank you today. Amen and amen. As you're being seated, when you turn around to somebody, just wave at them, let you know that you see them today. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I said, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Thank you. There are so many places that we could be today. I'm just glad that I can be in the house of the Lord today. I don't know about you but with everything going on I could be in a lot of different places right now I could be home or I could be taking a break but I just want to be in the presence of the Lord in these days more than any other time in my life because I feel that it is a necessity for the body of Christ to be in his presence amen and I'm just so glad that I can be in the presence of the Lord with like-minded people who who believe in the presence of God who believes that our God is not dead, but he is alive. I'm glad that I can be in the presence of people who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I am thankful I can be with a bunch of people who believe today that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power this morning. Amen. I'm so glad I can be with you, and I'm just so glad that we can be in the presence of the Lord on this day today. Amen. Amen. If it is your first time with us today, I would love for you to get the card that you should have received when you walked in the door. If you did not receive the card, there are some numbers that's coming up on the screen. You can text VIP to that number. Right after service, take your card, bring your phone to the table out front, and we just have a small gift for you for worshiping with us today. We just want to say thank you. So be sure you do that before you leave today. Amen. And as your pastor, I always just want to take a moment moment and say, thank you so much for being faithful with your tithes and with your offering. It allows us to do some great things other than just a Sunday morning experience. It allows us to be the hands and feet to people in our uh, our city and literally around the world. I hope next Sunday, I was going to do it this Sunday, but we have some things going on in next service, but I just wanted to, next Sunday, we're probably going to show you a video about some things that your giving is doing literally around the world. So I just want to say thank you for giving. It allows us to do some great things here and to touch people all around this world. So uh, if you would like to give today to the mission and vision of Legacy Church, our ushers will be at the door as you leave. They'll have envelopes for you. You can fill those out or the numbers on the screen. It's our methods of giving. You can text. You can Go online to legacychurchrome.org and click on Give, and it'll take you just a little while. And once you set that up, it's a very easy process. So I just want to say thank you so much for your giving. And if you have a student, if they're in middle school or high school, uh, I want to encourage you to have them here this Wednesday. Our, our student ministry—they're sponsoring a Friends Giving. They're going to have all the um, all of the Thanksgiving fixings and the side dishes and and dressing and all of that good stuff. Uh, but we do need your uh, students to register. They can go to our social media sites and they can register. I encourage them to bring a friend. Sometimes it's a lot easier to invite a friend to come and eat more than it is to church. So this is the perfect opportunity for your students to bring their friends. Just be sure they're registered, I believe, by the 15th. So be sure that you do that as soon as possible so everyone that's serving will know how to get everything ready for your students. So that's coming up this week. Who's ready for the word of the Lord today? That was pretty weak. I said, Who's ready for the word of the Lord today? Open up your word with me to Judges chapter 3. Those of you that are watching online today, we're so glad that you are able to join us for Legacy Church Online. We're so thankful that you are with us today. We hope that you are feeling the presence of the Lord in your home or in your car as you are driving today. Judges chapter 3, I'll be going there in just a moment. Next service, we have a uh, a church is coming to be with us. They were going to be launching in January and about 20 members of their launch team, they're going to be in here with this next service and we're going to be praying for them and blessing them. Uh, so be in prayer for that. They're going to be here with us next service. We're excited that they are going to be with us uh, for service next uh, service at 1145. I'm so glad you're ready for the word today because how many of you know that your favorite song may get you through a battle, but it takes the word of the Lord to win the war for you. Amen. Amen. And so many times in this culture, it's so easy to replace the word with, with a song. And I do believe that there, that there are psalmists that God has given to, to, to the world to write psalms, uh, songs that literally connect us to his presence. But so many times we forget that it really takes the word to win the war. And we are going today in Judges chapter three, as we've been talking about finished, and finishing well these last couple of weeks. And I'm going there again today Uh, because whatever God starts, he's going to finish it. Amen? It's in his DNA. It's who he is, and it's who he has created us to be. God wants us to be finishers. He wants us to finish well. And in Judges chapter 3, verse 1 through 2, and I'll be reading some more later, the word says that these are the nations that the Lord left to test all those Israelites Who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. Hmm. These are the nations, verse one, that the Lord left in the place, in the path to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. Verse two and it's in parentheses. It's kind of like a side note. It says, verse two, he did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had, who had not had previous battle experience. Hmm. It's important for you to understand today, as I set up this, this narrative, this story here, it's important for you to understand that this is not the generation of israelites that had experienced the great exodus this was this was the generations before them this is not that generation that that literally wandered through the desert this is not the generation of israelites who would watch God provide for them and rain down manna from heaven as they were wandering throughout the desert each day. This is not the generation that had to go out and they caught water pouring from a rock. This is not the generation that had to depend on God to part the Red Sea because their enemies were right on their heels. This is not that generation, but this is a generation that was born in Canaan land. They were born in the Promises that their parents had prayed for. They were born with they, they 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 were born in that promised land. This is not that generation who did not lack who who was lacking. This is not that generation, but this is a generation that was born into promises. In other words, this is a generation that was enjoying the works of others. They were enjoying the prayers of others. They were enjoying fruit that they did not have to labor for. Does this sound familiar to anyone? They were, they were, this was not the generation. They did not, they did not know struggle. They did not know lack. All they knew was plenty. They knew Xbox, they knew Jordans, they knew they knew the iPhones, they, they, they had their own rooms. They, they did not have to experience hand-me-downs. They had cable, they had Netflix and Hulu. They did not know lack. They, they, they knew what a remote control was. They did, not, they, they did not know what it meant to be a remote control. When your parents would look at you or smack you in the back of the head and say, go change the television. They did not understand that. They did not know what rabbit ears were with tinfoil. They did not understand that. They did not know what it was like to have to go outside and manually turn your antenna. Anybody ever been there? They did not understand what it was like. This was a nation that grew up in the promises of God. They grew up in Canaan. They did not have to seek the promises of God. Only thing they had to do was open their eyes and they could see it. And the word says that God left other nations in their path. He left other nations. He could have taken them all out. He could have removed every enemy from them. But the word says that God saw fit to leave some of their enemies in their path just to teach them skills of war that they did not have. God knew that they did not have what it took. God knew that they did not know how to fight. He knew that they knew how to fight with their brothers and sisters, but they did not know how to fight with real enemies. Oh God, doesn't this sound like the world today? We know how to fight with our brothers and sisters, but we don't know how to fight spiritual battles. But God knew the process. He knew the principle of whatever you possess you must protect. Amen. Whatever God gives you, you've got to protect it. Just because you were born with it does not mean you will end up with it. Amen. Because how many of you, how many, I have seen so many marriages going great and then something happened. They lost the fight and then something shifts. We've seen businesses that were doing great and they could not shift in culture. And all of a sudden it was great, but they were not left with it at the end. Because what? is gained must be maintained. Amen. Whatever God gives you, you have got to maintain that thing because sometimes, even if you didn't fight to get it, you've got to fight to keep it. Amen. You've got to fight to keep it. Why? Because whatever you have, guess what? The devil is after it. Whatever God has given to you, the devil is after that thing. You got peace, guess what? He's coming after your peace. You got fullness of joy, guess what? He's coming after your joy. You got patience, guess what? He is coming after your patience. You've got faith, guess what? He's coming after it. You got self-control. Praise the Lord, you're one of the few. But guess what? He's coming after it. Whatever you have, the devil is after it today. Because how many times have we found peace on a Sunday morning like today, but we lost it by Tuesday? How many times have you rediscovered your joy but could not find it a few days later? How many times have we? been focused, but all of a sudden we find that it is nowhere to be found. Why? Because the devil is after everything that God has put into your life. And if I don't know how to fight to protect it, if I don't know how to fight to maintain it, if I don't know how to fight to finish it well, guess what? The devil isn't stealing it, but I am giving it to him. How many times have we blamed the devil for stealing something, but the problem was we just didn't know how to fight for it? Mm. And John, Jesus says, not only do I want you to have fruit, but I want you to keep it and maintain it because it's one thing to have it, but it is another thing to be able to keep it. Amen. Because nothing trains you up like a trial. Nothing will train you up like a trial. God could have taken care of everything. He could have wiped every every nation out from their path. But he left some of those nations there, right there in the tracks of this new generation, just to train them up for war. A lot of pastors won't say this to you, but I can teach about prayer on a Sunday morning but you don't learn how to pray through a sermon. Hmm. You learn to pray when you're under pressure. You learn how to pray when your back is against the wall. You learn how to pray when the doctor gave you a report that, that, that you were not looking for. You don't learn how to pray on a Sunday morning. You may learn the principles of prayer through a sermon, but you learn the practices of prayer when your life is falling apart. When, when, when you've racked your brain all night long, when you cannot sleep and your mind is going crazy, and you're trying to figure out how can I get through this? How can I make this thing work out? You may learn, you may learn those principles of through a sermon, but it's those practices of prayer that you learn when your life is falling apart and then all of a sudden you've been up all night trying to figure this thing out and then you come to the realization I need to call on the name of the Lord. I've called on Dr. Phil, I've called on Oprah, I've called on podcasts, I've called on all of these things, but now it's time I call on the name of Jesus. Amen. You learn to pray in the midnight hour. You learn to pray when it's dark outside. Nothing Thing will train you up like a trial. That's why you've got to know the difference between knowledge and training. There's a lot that have knowledge, but very few that have the training to put their knowledge into action. Because it's one thing to know about it, it's another thing to know how to do it. So God leaves some nations around in their path so they can be trained. They didn't know what to do. God, they were like, what do I do? God, I don't know what to do. God was saying, it's just training. They think they've been forsaken. God was saying, chill out, it's just training. They think that it's all over. God was saying, chill out, it's it's just homework. Chill out. It's It's like when the emergency broadcast system decides to do a test during your favorite television show. Right when This Is Us is gonna tell you who that baby daddy is, Beep. Beep. You're like, beep. And it says, this is only a test. I want to remind the church today that 2020 is just a test. 2020 is just a test. It's like, it's like, it's like when David was asked, what qualifications do you have to go up against this giant? What qualifications do you have, David, to go up against this uncircumcised Philistine? And all of a sudden, he looks and he starts naming all of his tests that he has been through. He said, well, you know, I have fought a lion. I have wrestled a bear. Not only do I have the oil of the Lord on me, but I've got training under my belt to maximize the anointing on my life. And guess what? Because I have the oil on my life, and now because I have some training and know how to wrestle, guess what? The same God that delivered me from the pall of the lion, the same God that delivered me me from the mouth of the bear is the same God that's about to come right here and deliver me from the hand of the Philistine because not only do I have oil but now I have tasted and seen because I have had my highs and I've had my lows but I have tasted and seen what God can do when not only do you have the oil but also you know how to fight spiritual battles. I have put it to the test and he will not leave me and he will not forsake me praise the Lord and now I can stand right here in the middle of this battlefield and say without hesitation that the Lord is good. He put tests in my way. And all of a sudden, guess what? When he saw the giant, guess what? Everybody else was running away. But he saw an opportunity because he had been trained up for the moment. Fear did not rise up in him. No, but confidence arose up in that young man that day because it was cultivated in the lion. It was cultivated in the bear. Because if God can do it with the bear, I can only imagine what he can do with the giant. Is there anyone in this house today that can look back over your life. Look back over these last eight months and see what appeared to be a battle then was just training for God wants to do now. 2020 has been training. 2020 is not your death sentence. It's training. You think this is bad? This is training. There will be people God, God, he said, God left left his enemies for the nation in front of them. There will be people that agitate you and educate you at the same time. Can somebody say amen? amen? There will be people that agitate you that God uses to educate you all in the same time. There will be people that aggravate you and accelerate you all at the same time. Mmm. Mmm. That person that you work with, whew, you hear them coming a mile away. You know it's them as soon as they pull into the parking lot because your blood pressure starts to rise up. But that same person that aggravates you, God can use that person to accelerate you. There will be circumstances that exasperate you and expedite you all at the same time. But the outcome all depends on how you fight the battle. Mm. Verse 4 right there says, They were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands. Mm. Interesting. Not only were the nations, the enemies left there to train them for war, but they were also there, it says, so the Lord could see if his people would keep his commands. Why does the Lord need enemies to see if they will obey? Why does the Lord use your enemies to see if you will obey? Why does the Lord use elections to see if the church can keep it together? Mm. Y'all need to help me preach this thing today. Why will the Lord use pandemics to see if we can keep his commands? Could it be that God realizes that real commitment is revealed during times of inconvenience? Hmm. It is easy for you to be with me. It is easy for you to stay with me when it costs you nothing to even be with me. Mm. Come on, somebody. I wasn't expecting you to shout, but somebody just say amen today. It's easy to say that you are with me when I'm on the top. It's easy for you to say, yeah, that's my pastor whenever I've been in the newspaper and I get an accolade. But can you hang with me when I have nothing to offer you? Can you hang with the Lord whenever he's not pouring out blessings all over you? Can you hang with the Lord in the middle of the pandemic? Because commitment is revealed during times of inconvenience. And in this hour in our American history today, we are watching as the commitment level. To God, in which this nation was founded, can somebody say amen? Is being revealed. The commitment level of the world we have known. But now, in the middle of pandemic, now in the middle of election chaos, the commitment of the church is being revealed. Mm. Because trouble really shows you stuff that's buried real deep. Nothing reveals what is deep like pain. Can somebody say amen? Emotional pain. All of a sudden, that person goes back. All of a sudden, layers start coming off. Physical pain. You get in physical pain. Some of you can't take pain. You stub your toe, you got to lay out of work for a week. I've never done it. And praise God, I will never have to do it. But how many of you have ever given birth without an epidural? Oh. When that pain comes, you start saying things you never thought you'd say. All of a sudden, you come to a different level. Have you ever had to pass a kidney stone with no medication? Yeah. Yeah. You start calling on the name of any God that will listen to you. You will take anything, you will snort anything. You're just like, I just want this pain gone. I don't care what it is. Because in the middle of pain, you start realizing who you're who you really are. In the middle of pain, you start realizing where your faith really lies. Amen. In the middle of pain, God will let you go through things just to see if He will, if, if the church will keep his commands. And this is where the church is. God is looking for a church that can finish well. But instead, he is finding a church that is already finished. He is finding a church that is standing there that he said, I can't find anymore. Her hands is raised not in worship, but as a sign of them, I can't do anything, Lord. I'm done. I'm finished. She has raised the white flag. The church has declared COVID the winner. She has declared her commitment to political figures is greater than, the, than, than to the God that even created her. The church, her eye is on the giant, the enemy, and the chaos instead of the one that has the whole world in his own hands. Her, the the church, her faith is decreased. Her fear has increased. The church, her vision has diminished, but her knowledge of earthly affairs continues to grow at records of speed. The church has forgotten the strategies of God. She has forgotten that this battle is nothing more but to teach her how to fight spiritually. Wow. Wow. The church, because our God doesn't leave enemies around just so you'll fall. Our God does not allow you to go through pandemics just to show that you are weak. He doesn't do that. No, but he's showing the church her weaknesses in this hour because there's something in her future that she will not be able to possess until she learns Until she learns how to fight in this season. There is a harvest that she will miss if she don't know how to fight in the middle of pandemic. If she can't get herself together, there, there, there's a window of heaven that he wants to open, but she will not be able to reap it. And the thing in the future that he's trying to get you to fight for right now. The thing that's lying in our future is this thing called revival. We were singing about it. It's a thing called an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And it will be for the remnant that rose up and knew how to fight, that got up from the world. They it it, 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 it will be for the remnant that that, that that stood up when the world said, No, the church needs to sit down. It will be for the remnant that understands that guess what. Church is not the only place you can get COVID. It will be for for the church who got up and stood up and said, no, 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 no. There is more to this. It will be for the church who got up that has spiritual grit that will not bury themselves in the newspaper in the middle of pandemic. No, it will be for the generation of Elijahs that knew how to pray when when nobody else could see anything, but they just hid their face between their knees, the word says, and he continued to pray and pray and pray even when the world said I can't see anything, he said no, 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 God is moving, I will continue to pray and pray, no, no, no The God can't move in the middle of that I will pray and I will pray, no, no You, your church can't grow in the middle of that no, 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 he, no God can do it and I will pray and I will pray and I will pray, but a generation of Elijah's must keep praying and telling the world keep on looking because God is on the move And finally… Just like we've been talking about the last two weeks in Habakkuk when the Word says, in the end, it will speak for itself. It will be the generation of Elijahs that make it to the end. And guess what? When they pray, the world will finally say, I see something, but it's so little. Now that ain't God. No, he says, keep looking because God is on the move. And what turns into what will look like something little, God's about to turn into an abundance of rain this morning because there's a remnant who will not stop praying unto God. There's a remnant that will not stop serving the Lord today. There is a remnant that in the middle of chaos can see an abundance of rain falling down from heaven. You thought this was all about revealing your weaknesses. (laughs) No, God's just trying to show the church there's something so great for your future but you've got to learn how to fight for it. Now that you've shown me you can be faithful over a few things, I'll give you many. Now that you've shown me that you can deal with 10 sheep, I'll give you 100 sheep. Now that you've shown me you can be faithful over 100 sheep, I'll give you 500 sheep. Can somebody agree with me today? Now that you, now that you have shown me you can manage $10,000, I'll, I'll give you 100000 Now that you've shown me you can manage $100,000, i am going to give you a budget of $1 million because you know how to fight. It's a spiritual principle. And now that you've shown me you can fight, I'll give you even more than you could even imagine. Show me, Lord. Show me. Somebody say, show me. Say, show me, Lord. Show me my weaknesses. Show me what I need to let go of. Show me how to fight these earthly battles, oh God. I let go of my ego. I let go of my comfort zones. I let go of this end. Lord, just just show me, Lord. I'm tired of acting like I've got it all together on Sunday mornings. I'm tired of coming in here with, with a pretty face on God. Show me, Lord, how to let go of it. Show me, Lord. I'm not leaving this pandemic, Lord, until I know how to fight. I'm not leaving this season until I've learned how to fight. I've shed tears, God, but now I want to know how to fight. Show me, Lord, I'm not leaving this until I know how to wage war on the devil. Show me how to do it, God. That must be the prayer of the church. Show me the church must be able to look past the natural and see what God is doing in the spiritual right now. See what is happening in America. See the spiritual principles behind it because God is trying to raise up a church that can run. God is trying to raise up a church that can be a last days church. Amen. Do you know what's going to happen in the last days? COVID is a joke compared to what the word says will be happening on this earth. And I'm concerned about a church that can't make it through COVID. How will we be a last days church? I'm concerned about a church that can't make it through an election. But we are going to have to be able to make it through the last days. God is trying to wake a generation in the church up that does not know how to fight. I love this generation of people. I love millennials. But we're in this season of we are depending on the generation before us to pray. We've been praying. We've been, we've, we've been, we've been wanting the generation before us to call down fire. And God is looking for a generation of Elijahs that will not stop because if you think this is bad if this makes you nervous if this makes you eager get ready you better know how to fight church but in the middle of the last days pandemic in the middle of violence and persecution god is looking for a church that knows what is going to happen in revelations They know that in the last days that there's going to be wars and rumors of war. They know that there's going to be uh, natural disasters in diverse places. They know there's there's going to be pestilence. They know there's going to be war. They know all of these things. They know that there's going to be a rise of false prophets. They know all of these things. And so many people in the church know these things, but they get stuck right there. God is looking for a church that not only knows what's going to happen in Revelations, but has been trained for a Joel chapter 2 movement in the middle of Revelations. He is looking for a church that knows what's going to happen but but whenever he gets ready to do it but he's looking for that church that knows what it is but it, their, their, their hands are outstretched saying God pour out Joel chapter 2 right here at Legacy Church he is looking for for that for that church that is ready for that pouring out on all flesh sons and daughters prophesying generations coming together and dreaming and having visions together who can handle a Joel chapter 2 movement in the middle of Revelation who will it be it will not be it will not be large gatherings of people it will not be the mega church it will not who can handle when the world is falling apart who will be able to be there and be in revival in the middle of chaos The Word says, the last verse of Joel chapter two, you don't have to turn there, but it says, the last verse, after it's calling out what will happen, the last verse of Joel chapter two says this, there shall be a deliverance as the Lord has said for the remnant who calls upon the Lord. There will be those who fall away, but it will be those Elijah's who did not care that the world said, nope, there's, there's no rain coming. No, 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 no. God is moving. I'll keep praying until I see it. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fighting with you about this. I know the promises of my God. It will be that generation, the remnant, those that learn how to fight in the middle of 2020, those that did not give up in 2020, those that did not lose their religion over politics in 2020, those that learn how to fight along the way. It will be that people. Would you stand up with me this morning? God is looking for a church to run this thing. God is looking for a church that is ready to fight because if you can't fight in the middle of this I don't know if you're going to make it but God says it may be a handful of people but I want want a people who will be like Elijah who will get down on their knees and the word says that he put his head between his legs He, he, he he hid his eyes and he was calling on the name of the Lord and he called on the name of the Lord and he called on the name of the Lord and somebody went to the mountain and said I don't see it yet. Oh no no I'm going to pray until it happens I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray God is looking for a church that is so hungry and thirsty for revival. It does not matter what is going on around them they can see it, they can hear it they can taste it, they can smell it and they will see it until they, they will see it come to pass. They will put everything they have on the line because they're ready for it if that's you will you just raise up your hands with me today will you just raise up your hands with me today Come on, raise up your hands with me today. God, I'm praying for a generation of Elijah's today. God, I'm praying for a generation that you're gonna turn from a warrior from a warrior to a warrior today, oh God. God, I'm praying, God, for the depressed person, God. Loose that from them, God, because you've got something for them in this hour. You've got something, you've got a place for them in this generation. God, I'm calling forth a generation of Elijah's who is praying until fire falls. i pray for a generation of Elijah's us that's so hungry oh god that whatever the world's report gives it's not enough to hinder them from their prayers god I pray praying God for a generation of people who are so hungry for a move of the church oh God come on raise up your hands with me we can feel it. we're breaking through we we can see it. We can feel it. You're on the move. We can hear it. Yes, Lord.
1: We can see it. it.
0: Yes, Lord. Prepare we the can church. Feel it. Prepare the church to finish this thing. Through. Come on, sing it. We can hear it. We can see it. We can feel it. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Church podcast. For more information, visit LegacyChurchRome.org.